When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If you're thinking, I should go for a run today, but it looks like it could rain, Sierra says, save on epic rain jackets. If you're also thinking, but I can't go out in these beat-up old running shoes, Sierra says, save on top brand running shoes. And if you're still thinking, but I'm also busy performing brain surgery, well, then we say, you really should have led with that. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now. Go! Hello, I'm Josh Whittacombe. And I'm Rob Beckett. Welcome to Lockdown Parenting Hell, the show in which Rob and I discuss what it's like to be a parent during lockdown, which I would say can be a little tricky. So, in an effort to make some kind of sense of the current situation... And to make me feel better about my increasingly terrible parenting skills... Each episode we'll be chatting to a famous parent about how well they're coping. Or hopefully not. And we will be hearing from you, the listener, with your tales of lockdown parenting woe. Because, let's be honest, none of us know what we're doing. Hello, and you are listening to Lockdown Parenting Hell with... Rob Whitaker. And say, Josh Beckett. Josh Beckett? Yeah. Who are they? Slinky and Silly Men. Oh. There we go. That's a good one, wasn't it? Silly Men, but the tables were turned there. I like that. Do you know what? After a year, it's good to, you know, invert the kind of formula, isn't it? Are we sure the tables were turned, or do they both have really weird voices for their age? <laughs> uh, he, that... Three-year-old is very advanced, but the parent really needs to have a... (laughs) Hello, I'm your barrister. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear. Um, Who was that? Hi, lads. Uh, This is David Pritchard and his son, Robbie, who was born nearly three years ago. (laughs) That's not how people say their kid's age. No, it isn't. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, I'm Rob, and I was born 35 years ago. Why are you celebrating today? I was actually born on this day, but I... uh... (laughs) Would you like to get? I'm having a party because I was born on that day, guys. Um, 35 years ago, I was born in four days' time. Would you like to go for a pizza? <laughs> I don't know what to call it though. I need a snappy title. Um, right now, you obviously you're aware that we're I'm facing up to a, a naming situation, Rob. A, a child naming situation. Yep. Yes. Yes. Uh, David Pritchard. Pritchy. Pritchy. I've been uh, on a lockdown parenting hell binge since my wife Florence found your podcast a couple of months ago, uh, which is obviously just about two years, nine months after his child was born. Um, (laughs) I've just caught up. (laughs) Listening to this week's episode with Josh's big announcement prompted me to get in touch as we're also expecting our second child. I thought you might be interested in our technique for whittling down potential names for the new arrival. All right, here we go. I've humbly called it the Baby Name World Cup. Oh, okay, yeah. It works like this. 
Each of us comes up with a short list of eight names. I like this. We have not found out what we're having. So in our case, there are actually two World Cups running simultaneously. Oh, that's the dream. Yeah, yeah. what a summer. It might as well bloody be the amount of teams they let in the World Cup these days. Oh, eh? oh here we go. Lovely. Really. Used really to be nice. special, didn't it? Now any old fuckers are in it. Yeah, really strong. <laughs> so we each choose. Say me and you are the parents, Rob. Oh, very modern. Very modern. That'd be great for episodes, wouldn't it, if that came out? That'd be a real PR stunt, that. It would be very good. The Ramses would be shitting oh, themselves. That would go way beyond, you know, Graham Norton or me being ill in The Guardian, wouldn't it? The, um... <laughs> Which we will come to. <laughs> so we each write down eight names. Yeah. That gives you 16 names written on little bits of paper that you put into a cup. They are then drawn out two each at a time. Yes. That's your first round. You have a discussion about each match between two names, and then they go through to the next round. You keep doing this till you have two finalists in both your boys and girls competition. And then you've got the name, yeah. Are you going to do that? Well, I'd love to, but I did read this email out to Rose about an hour ago. She wasn't as excited by it as I was. Yes. Can I, can I tell you why, why that, what's going to happen there is, Josh? You're basically going to talk about baby names and then Rose will pick one yeah that's fine with me <laughs> I'd love it if they were twins you could have Nick and Knack because <laughs> she loves Nick Knacks yeah exactly I'd say Nick's getting off the lightest there yes Knack that's a tough life for Knack isn't it? especially when you've got your brother Nick maybe Rob in the nursery we're going to in East London being called Nick would be considered positively mundane, whereas Knack would just be yes. kind of... kind of oh. He'd fit in better than Nick in many ways. The irony of East London is Nick will have his moments and Knack will have his moments. Yeah. You'll each find a world. Do you know what I mean? Nick, you know, he might be playing football down in Hackney Marshes. Knack, he'll be in a gallery somewhere. Exactly. He'll be exactly. ill. Knack will happily overpay for a Saldo loaf. But do you know the, the main joy of this is I can confidently say... Thank Christ we're not having twins. <laughs> yeah. The names would be the least of my problems. Um, um, how's your week been, Josh? Oh, wait, I, just, I, had a, I had some more to say on this, Rob. Oh, sorry, Josh. I do apologise. Um, I was just going to say that, um, so we've had we've got some friends, uh, Tom and Claire, who've just had their second child yeah. nine days ago. And uh, we were obviously having a child in a similar era to them. And similar era. Era. Yeah, era time. <laughs> it's quite grandiose. Era. We both independently were toying with a similar name, the same name. Well, that is dodgy between friendship yeah. and groups. There was, if because you're like, yeah. I, me and Rose agreed there was an unwritten rule that both of us had to stay away from that name. Yes, they had their child, and for some reason, for about an hour, so, so who was the unwritten rule with between you and Rose? No, between us and them, but neither of the couples had mentioned the. It's like a gentleman's rule. We neither of us can have that name now. Oh, really? It's like that, is it? I think so. Yeah, I think that. I think that's gentleman's rules. Oh, I don't know about that. It depends how much you want the name. Well, they haven't used it, Rob. Oh, <gasps> but I'll be honest. About the morning they had their child, I suddenly for an hour just went, "They're going to bloody use it." You know, in the shower, when you just suddenly spiral and you have a whole conversation to yourself, and you're, I mean, maybe other people don't do this, but like, and then you're angry about something that hasn't even just hypothetically oh, happened. Yeah. I invent things to be angry about all the time. Yeah. So I was, I went into the shower fine. By the end of the shower, I was like, well, they're going to use the name, and that, that, that's going to just make it awkward now. Oh, it's, it's just totally unacceptable. Well, the, the weird thing is that we don't share our kids' names. I've been thinking about this, and I, I sort of. And I don't share them on social media either, but I don't know if... I think I'm happy with that decision because I think 
it, they need to be old enough to decide if they want to feature. Uh, I just, yeah, I just don't know. It feels weird that we talk about them a lot. We don't actually say but the names and stuff. I was thinking about this the other day. We say we talk about them a lot, Rob. I think if you actually went back and <laughs> <laughs> listened to our podcast and did a kind of, yeah. uh, a kind of stats-based breakdown, our self-involvement would really be reflected in how much we actually just talk about ourselves. I mean, I'd argue the red light last week got more airtime than your child. <laughs> We've had, I've had people comment about that as well, Josh. You know the red light? You yeah. got stopped at last week. Someone said, um, here he goes, don't suppose the traffic lights, Josh, is talking of are at Terrace Road meets Castleland Road near Victoria Park Village. It is that traffic light, yeah. <laughs> great on two separate sundays in the last Can I just month, say rob just yeah. to stop them victoria park village right which is yeah. i don't mind saying that that's because it's quite a big area right so i live in it in and around there yeah yeah and um i'll be honest with you little tip if you do ever want to travel there do not use the phrase victoria park village in a black cab because <laughs> they will have your fucking guts for garters my friend yeah what do they call it then what does the the um, ogs of east london call where you live what do they call it they call it it used to be shit round here hasn't <laughs> <laughs> got a name just shit just a just shit, shit, right? shit it was shit around here. well anyway he said is it where terrace road meets castleman road near victoria park village yeah. On two separate Sundays in the last month, I've been stuck in an Uber at these lights on both occasions. <laughs> I've had to leave the Uber after over 10 minutes of waiting <laughs> to press the pedestrian crossing button to put things into motion. So it's the pedestrian crossing, what? I think, that enables... I think someone needs to be crossing on the other roads to enable your turn. Oh, what? Oh, so it's just that no one's walking about yeah. us. And, but... Like, but he said it on Sundays as well. And people move around on Sundays, don't they? Not as much as they used to, mate. Down the shop <laughs> shop. <laughs> Jamie, that's wow. from Jamie Cousins. Thanks, Jamie. Have Hackney Council got involved yet? Because it feels like they should by this point. Yeah, someone needs to talk to Hackney Council about this. We know, we know this is not just your problem. This is a number of people. I mean, he's spending money on Ubers. Is <sighs> But what makes me think, surely, the Uber drive-through? Been or is in some that... Ubers that would have fucking jumped that light what? in a heartbeat, mate. But Uber, according to Jamie, is still there then. He's waiting, <laughs> waiting to turn. Um, how everything else been all right, Josh, this week? Yeah, good? good, good. I'll just look at my. Uh, I, I just note things in my phone. Yep, I've got a couple of couple of belters this week. Oh yeah. Well, we found that last week quite weirdly come a bit of a come down when the school schools opening was all so excited. But then my eldest was she loved it, but was a bit found it a bit overwhelming. I think a bit quite stimulating. Yeah, all the kids and all the rules and the uniform. You've got to do this. You've got to do that. And she got into a bit of a sort of like comfortable position at home obviously because she's at home so but she um yeah she went in well happy today but me i think me and lou found it a bit like we'd been longing longing for it for so long and then they gone and then it was just like a big shitty messy ass and we had to go and get him and, and i think we found it it wasn't as liberating yeah. as we thought it was gonna be because we were so excited and it felt like the end of lockdown and then they went to school and it was like oh it's still shit isn't it Everything is still <laughs> shit and shit. And it's fucking shit. And I can't play golf. I can't do that. It's just shit. And I think we had that sort of realisation where in our heads, we're like, oh, it all goes back to normal, but it doesn't at all. There's still a few weeks of them. Um... Yeah. And on top, on top of that, Josh, um, I've realised that my children have been wiping their hands on a wall in the toilet rather than using the um, 
the 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 towel swipe on the wall. Well, yeah, you, well, exactly. I mean, it could in be worse. Room. But it's the, we've got paint in there that really shows it up. I'm going to send you this video and tell me what you think. I mean, it, it is totally unacceptable what they've done, and you and they tried to deny it was them. Okay. Yeah. Let me just play. It's two seconds. Two seconds. You see the sink, and then you see behind the sink. Uh, <laughs> Do you know what it looks like, Rob? Yeah. The Turin shroud. I'll put that on the Instagram, but um, they tried to deny it was him. Is that the smaller hands in the middle and the bigger, yes, smaller they are. hands so at the side? Yeah, that's the, the, the eldest one and the youngest one. So they've obviously been doing it together. It's quite funny, isn't Do it? Do you know what's nice, Rob? It's, it's like a kind of modern version of that thing where you mark the child's head up against the wall. Yes, so yeah, so they can keep doing that until they get to about five foot eight and just see how, <laughs> see how high their hands go. But it's, it's quite... I'll stick on Insta. That was the telling off. You have to explain. Yeah, I bet it was. But you just don't feel like you should have to explain to a five-year-old it's not okay to wipe your ha- wet hands on a wall. It's a lovely colour, though, that wall. Yeah, it is, isn't it? It's, pa- it's called Payne's Grey. Yeah. I have a lot of people tell me it's like, Do you know what's not nice, though, is when it's got dirty soap hands wiped on it. It really takes yeah. the edge off the colour, but I'm glad you yeah. like it. I think that would look... I think that would get a... A knick-knack thumbs up from Rose, that wall colour. Yeah, it's a lovely wall colour. I, li- I like the tiling as well. Altogether, I'd say in many ways the hands are the worst thing about the bathroom. Yes, I, I would say the, 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 the hand marks. But I think we've got slightly different... Your house is a little bit more knick-knacky, but mine's a little bit more like a... almost like a, a kid's nursery slash new build style. Well, I, I'll be honest with you. If you went into your house, you would know that a family lived there. Yes. If you went into my house... You wouldn't know that family lived there until you went into the kitchen when there is stuff fucking everywhere. <laughs> yeah. um, Josh, can we talk about um, the Guardian interview we did, please? That I don't know if our listeners have seen. Yes, please. Um, we did an interview for the Guardian about the podcast. We did do an interview. Thank you very much to the, the Guardian for uh, that. Was a uh, genuinely very exciting. Uh, I enjoyed it. Yep. Did okay. you enjoy it, Rob? Uh, yep, the interview was great. The photo shoot yep. I did. Good photo shoot. I thought, shoot. I, okay, well, I, thought I looked great, all, to you, be honest. You look great in the photo shoot. We can, put, we can put the pictures on Instagram. You look great because, you sneaky little fucker, you had makeup on from the last leg. You left on overnight, so you look good in the morning. Now, I'd love to tell you that that was a tactical decision, Rob. <laughs> but it was purely not washing my face. Yeah. Because I was pissed. Oh, uh, falling asleep. So you was hungover doing it. I'd, I'd, I was hungover. If you were to look at those photos, would you think I was the one that was hungover? I look ill. People mess when the, when they put it in the paper and put it on the internet. I had people I had not spoken to for months independently, not it for banter. Message me going, "Hey Rob, how are you? Are you okay?" You look. They yeah. thought I was ill. They th- it was like an illness piece in the Guardian. You know when someone yeah. in the public eye is not well and they talk about their journey. It did look like they found patient zero, didn't what it? What was <laughs> my eye? Right, I get a bonkai when I'm tired. Also, as well, last week there was a hay fever bomb in London. Right, okay. Are you a hay fever sufferer? Is that the IRA? I don't <laughs> no, know how. That... So basically, there was an unprecedented early bout of hay fever. Okay. And I think it was brought on about that. You know, it was quite hot, wasn't it, beginning of March? And it was quite local to one house in southeast London, wasn't no, it? it was everywhere. I've been struggling with hay fever all week, so my eyes have been watering, my nose is all blocked up, and I've been up since six with the kids because it was loose turn to have a lie-in, and I, there must have been a better photo, Josh. What the hell did they do with it before the Photoshop? That's what Photoshop... <laughs> what the fuck did I look like before? It, that, it looks like, you know... You know when an 18-year-old from like Rochdale comes down to London because they want to be a model, they find a dodgy modelling agency in Soho that charge them 100 quid for a portfolio. 
and they just take it on the street. That's what they look like. And my jacket's yes. all skew with. I think it's a stitch up because I, I slagged guard enough for being stiff necks. <laughs> Do you reckon it's a stiff? Do you reckon? I'm, I'm trying to find the picture now. Sorry, Rob. Um, let me just find it. Type in Rob Beckett dying. Well, I don't want to get a load of your guys' stand-up reviews, mate. <laughs> Let's have a look. Let's have a look. God, your eyes, man. <laughs> it's phenomenal. What did you find it the whole thing quite emotional? I think I was tired and it was hay fever. My hair looks bad. Morale was low, but just put a bit of colour in my cheeks. The interesting thing about it is they did you first, Rob. Yes. They did turn up and say that you'd sat on a small bike. <laughs> yeah. And uh, once they've done that and they have the knowledge that you've got a small bike as well, <laughs> it really is checkmate where that... Yeah, no, but... You, but... you can do as many of the other photos as possible, but you you know which one's going in. <laughs> the tiny bike. Did you not want to do the tiny bike? use the phrase, we'll just do this one for fun, you know that one's not for fun. <laughs> That'll be the one. That's the one. The one for fun that you think, well, we'll never see that again. That's the one they are always using from every photo shoot. I hate photo shoots so much. Oh, and I look quite good on Bake Off. I done Bake Off earlier in the week and I felt I looked all right. Then I looked like I was about to die. Well, you had makeup on on Bake Off, Rob. I know. I need makeup. How's Norton? Did you have makeup on Graham Norton? Oh, Graham Norton. I had, I, had, I had makeup on Graham Norton. Um, that was fine. I was on with Nick Jonas, who yeah. I don't think he really wanted to be there, if I'm honest with you. No. I just think, bless him, he's moved to London because he's married Priyanka Chopra, who's like filming a film. So I think he's just in lockdown in London. I feel like saying, do you want to come over for a drink or something? Which isn't allowed. Um, but I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot Lou had banned Nick Jonas from the house. But I think he's just a bit more cool and chilled, and he had a leather jacket and a T-shirt, and they're like that, Americans. But, yeah, Graham Norton was fun. I thought it's a bit over. I've not been out of the house much. I found it a bit odd, what, like stressful seeing people. Yeah, it is odd that. Do you think you're going to struggle to kind of reacclimatize? I think I just need an audience. I just find it weird if when you're doing, like, TV shows and there's no audience, you're just chatting to Graham Norton, you just start saying all sorts. I nearly got cancelled about eight times because you forget you're on the telly. That's why this podcast is... It's actually a six-hour record, isn't it, this podcast? But this is the only usable stuff. Oh, yeah, exactly. But no, it's, it, was, it was all good. It wasn't too bad. But yeah, we're just uh, just getting back in, trying to get back into a normal routine, I think, is, is what we need to do um, to help with the, the the kids and stuff. Oh, I've got um, a Josh. I've had some salty and sweet... Uh, was it salty and unsalty about you? Yeah. Can I just say one thing about The Guardian before we move oh, on? Oh, yes. Go on, mate. So I put the picture up of us on the bikes and I put... Um, that I was delighted that now the bike was tax deductible. Yes. I bet you got a lot of people going angry at you. Well, John Robbins texted me. Very into tax, John Robbins. And he said, uh, I've just seen your Instagram post. And I replied, I'll stop you there. It was a joke. Yeah. I know it's not tax deductible. Because something is tax deductible if you use it in your job, but not if you then also get use of it in your life. Okay? I think there's an argument that you can do a percentage. Right, yes. But... Because my daughter has no interest in the bike and it has gone down so badly. Oh, she hasn't ridden it at all. Is it tax deductible now? Well, you've technically used it more than her. I have technically used it more than her. If anything, the primary use of that bike was for a photo shoot. Exactly. Where if she's not been on it, and then, all right, tax man, come round. Come around to my garden for a day and she won't touch that bike. Yeah, exactly, exactly, mate. Yeah, I think you've got a case. I think I have got a case. Yeah, I think that's totally fair. So what did John Robbins say? He said, um, regarding your Instagram caption, and I said, yeah, I'm aware it's not tax deductible. And he went, good, I was just double checking. Yeah, I, I mean, he, he's a bit too busy for his own good, John, isn't he? I don't think he is busy. Um, now, 
hang on a minute. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't say worrying about someone else's tax shows you're busy. I've just anyway. got one second. I've just got to shut my curtain. Can you hear that? Yeah. I've got electric Veluxes, mate. Oh, my word. It's an absolute dream. Solar powered. Should we, uh, um, what's it called? Ivory, Ivory Tower Confessions. Ivory Tower Confession. I'm very sorry. I had to pause the podcast because I had to electronically shut my Veluxes because I'm an absolute <laughs> G. Well, I'm not going to lie to you, Rob. We've got one electric uh, Velux or Velux, I would call it. Are they Velux? I don't know. I've always <laughs> called it Velux, but now I've lost confidence in it. Yeah. But the uh, the remote control thing's gone, so now we've got a broken Velux that we oh, can't reach. Oh, that's the danger. Yeah, we've actually lost one of the controllers for a Velux. Um, oh. So that's an absolute deadly. I mean, that, that is the issue. So, you know, Ivory Tower Confessions, we've lost the remote control for the Velux in the, uh, in the I'm, kitchen. I'm going to be honest. Mm. I hope that the um, the jingle for Ivy Tower Confessions is good because the feature isn't great. <laughs> I mean, nothing we've done ever written down's gold, Josh. <laughs> Any, anything we've ever said on it that if you try to, this is why it works for us. If we had to like get this on the telly or on Radio Four, commissioners would go, "You can't talk about that," and people will listen. <laughs> I tell you what, you'll be shocked what they'll put up with. Yeah, when they say to comedians, "You can't talk about that," you imagine it's like. Jokes about like really inappropriate subjects. It's not <laughs> just them complaining about their fellows. <laughs> Do you know Rob Beckett and Josh Whittacombe? They say the unsayable. <laughs> Is it offensive? No, but on paper you can't imagine people would listen. But they he talks about tango. He's talking about going to the dump. It's madness. Um, um, you know when a podcast releases a book. Right. Yeah. And let's not rule that out in the future. But you know when Oh mate, lockdown four all day long. Lockdown four. So you know when um or a TV show releases a book and it's just quotes from the show. Yeah. We couldn't do that because it would it would be the most boring book you've ever read in your fucking life. (laughs) (laughs) Imagine a transcription of this. Are you using that bit of pipe? This was a classic line from the Josh Goes to the Tip episode. Oh, stop a minute. I've just got to shut my V-Luxes because the sun's coming through. Oh, let's pop that on air. Right, Rob, what have you got for me? I've got this. This is a salty, uh, unsalty Josh Whittacombe story. And I think we should, uh, these have sort of died off a little bit. But if you've got any yeah. interactions with me and Josh, maybe because of lockdown there hasn't been, feel free, good and bad. I think it's only fair that we uh, represent both sides yeah. of the coin. Salty, uh, it should it should have a jingle, shouldn't it? You are jingle obsessed, aren't you? For a man that doesn't make them. I just, exactly, mate. <laughs> <For a man laughs> shots, this should have a jingle. And then poor Michael. Let's listen to the... Uh, the sexy voice of Michael. Are you there, Michael? Hello. He never listens. Hello, guys. <laughs> don't don't <laughs> up the sexy, mate. It's no, like, no, it's not it's like a Geordie that moves to London. <laughs> like, doesn't even sound Geordie in Newcastle, but just to prove he's a Geordie, he's like, oh, me, man. <laughs> Go on, be sexy, Michael. Well, um, M- Michael, how do you feel? Because I sometimes find it a little bit uncomfortable when Josh just goes, this needs a jingle, and then that, you, that's assumed that you'll do that. What's, what's well, Josh thoughts? and I do another podcast, and he does it a lot, so I'm kind of used to it by now. But But sometimes I just take that bit out from Josh so I don't have to make them. <laughs> Unbelievable. I know you guys don't listen back, so I just do what I want. I listened back to one about two weeks ago, right? I listened back to one about two weeks ago, and it was phenomenal. The job Michael had done on it, I couldn't believe it. It sounded like we were hilarious. 
Like, the banter was so fast. I was like, no wonder people are listening to this shit. We're brilliant. But we're not. I, I've heard the, I've heard the rushes. Well, I've heard the rushes. I've, I've been there. I've said you, the rushes. You, you said the rushes, mate. I've said the rushes. What is the rushes? What does that mean? The main like bit the, of recording. Like, like the bit. This the tape. Is this an episode? What's all he doing? Just letting people in that we're not as even if you think we're unfunny, we're worse than that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I do think that sometimes when people like slag, slag me off or see me on the telly, you go, you think that's bad? You should see what they cut out. <laughs> You're unhappy with that. That's the best of me. <laughs> if you don't like that, that's me at my peak. You might as well tap out now. <laughs> do not come to a live show. Yeah, but also I do sort of think, you know, like occasionally you try and do a bit of banter on this show or whenever and it dies and it, you know, whatever. but the amount of people just in day-to-day life you try a bit of banter and it still happens to me now and it just falls off a cliff. Did oh, I tell yeah. you, did I tell you about, um, I don't know if I mentioned this, did I tell you about, no, I, um, I've, I've met some new parents from the school and they're a bit posh, right? They're both um, like got proper serious jobs, okay? Yeah. And I'm a bit... I'm a bit uncomfortable because I don't know how far to push yeah. my banter or how, well, basically, how much of me I can be. <laughs> you know, everyone yeah. goes, just be yourself. But sometimes it's good not to be yourself, you yeah. know? Yeah. Anyway, we was talking about COVID tests because I was saying about me going to work and stuff. I was like, yeah, I've been having lots of COVID tests. And I was like, I've, I've had like, six, I, at one point, I've had six COVID tests in a week. Mm. And um, and I went, yeah, when I've had that thing up my nose six times in a week it's so sore up there i'll have nothing left i'll be like daniela westbrook by the end of COVID. lovely lovely bit of business lovely bit of business i mean if you want someone with you know an open yeah. note you know she was known for having too much cocaine it damaged her nose right that's it's it's a nice gag let's all move on yeah and also i know she's had her troubles but it's not been anything too tragic she just had a you know it's it's fine it's all a shit they went pardon i was like oh no oh no oh no Oh no! Because right? I know if you don't get that, you're not. Well, if I explain the rest of you, you're not going to. I was like, oh, Daniela Westbrook, you know from EastEnders? No. Bring okay. up the Google image search on your phone. Also, I think she's from overseas as well. I think she's from somewhere in Europe. You know, when someone's English is so good that you oh. just think, oh my god, she actually speaks English better than me. But I, I didn't know she was. So now I didn't know she, the cultural references aren't there. And like, you know, yeah. she basically she played um, Samantha in EastEnders. She had you know dabbled with drugs, and she hasn't. She actually lost her dabbled. septum. Dabbled. <laughs> Imagine if she went for it. And then I'm like going, Daniela Westbrook, they don't know where EastEnders, don't know EastEnders. And I'm like, oh, and I went, oh, and then I, then I just went. And, then, and it, this kept on going on. Lou was loving it she knew I'd got buried myself. <laughs> and then I just went, yeah, I just got a sore nose. <laughs> <laughs> I just got a sore nose, that's why. Just from the, because they put, and at one point I had to explain a COVID test because they hadn't had a COVID test. They didn't know it went up the nose. Uh, what? I know, and I was like, Jesus, this was at the start. I was like, oh my God. I was, I was like, they've got absolutely no reference points here. They don't know who Daniel Welshbrook is. They don't know he's Dennis. They don't even know that it goes up your nose. They must think I'm an absolute lunatic. Oh my word. Oh wow. I don't think any joke is good enough to withstand the hammer blow of. Pardon before oh. a repeated punchline. That is the same as when you ask someone their name and you don't get it. They go, yeah. uh, you go oh, pardon? Uh, pardon? And, and in, oh, you cannot three pardon it. You have to just go, oh, you call up me to meet you. And you go, oh, no, I did the name. Because like, if, if you genuinely can't hear it, you can't just go, I don't know what you're it, It's so awkward. But I find it's different. Middle class people. So middle class people, like they were very middle class. And I said that and they didn't get 
who I was talking about, they'll just sort of go, oh, yeah, uh, I don't know. But if I speak to upper class people, they go, who's that then? I find they're, they're, they're yeah. less ashamed. Yeah. They're a bit more like working class in their brashness, where upper class people and working class people have nothing to lose to a point because the upper classes have got so much and the working classes haven't got much. But the middle classes, they're the ones that have got stuff to lose. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. To a point. So they're a bit more guarded of not making mistakes. Totally. So this is an example, Rob, yep. of a situation with someone's name where I didn't, so I didn't get their name at the start, right? And then I was just like, well, that's that then, right? Yeah. So I turn up, I was in Glasgow. This must have been maybe 10 years ago now. Doing oh, a... Heavy accent. A, yeah, freshest gig. Yeah. So it was like, an, I mean, it's like four in the afternoon, two, oh, two comics, me and the guy opening who was just going to bring me on, who was from, he was like a circuit act. Yeah. Who I don't know who it was, right? I've not met him before since. He's going to be absolutely furious when he listens back to this. I don't think he's going to remember. <laughs> <laughs> he might, actually. So I go into the dressing room, don't get his name, early doors. Oh, God. Don't think anything of it. Yeah. Don't think anything of it at all. <laughs> and then he's about, they're like, right, so let's do the gig. Now, if you don't know, if you don't go to comedy clubs, um, there'll someone will have to do an offstage announcement for the other person. Yes. And unthinkingly i said do you want me to announce you on from off stage oh my god and then he went like yeah and then i was like suddenly realized i didn't know his oh my name god. that is doubly bad because if you're not aware of another comedian's name on the circuit it implies they're not making waves yeah but to actually meet them and still not know their name is that is just on a social level unacceptable yes so i then went i just thought how am i going to get out of this oh my god so I said, I said, um, do you know what? Actually, I get really nervous doing these offstage announcements. I actually find it quite stressful. Um, you're right if you do it instead. Oh, oh no! What, oh, fine. He didn't even notice. Or didn't even... you could have blagged it and just gone. This hope your act needs. He's a local legend. He knows no introduction. Welcome him on, hometown hero. <laughs> Well, yeah, the other way is just to get loads of applause going. I was once doing a gig. It was me and Susie Ruffle, and we were in Chester. And the compare, I'd seen him write her name on his hand. Fine. We've all done that for security reasons. And he was about to bring her on. And he went, right, your first act. And then he went, oh, I've just got a bit of cramp in my thumb. And, like, and used it to look down at his hand and play with his hand. And I was like, that's the shrewdest way. To look at your hand without anyone realising why you're looking at your hand. Yeah, but cramping the thumbs. I've never heard of cramping the thumb. It was bizarre because the crowd was just like, oh, that man's just got some cramp in his thumb. All right, now he's just brought on the act. It was so bizarre. I think it'd be a setup to a wanking joke, to be honest. Yeah, but um, that would be even worse, wouldn't it? I'm just going to bring on your act. A uh, bit of cramp in my thumb. I love wanking. Here's Susie Ruffle. Oh, in the mid-noughties, they would have gone for that. It would have been like, oh, sorry, I've got some cramp in my thumb. Just got broadband this week. Something like that. <laughs> yeah, lovely. Rob, Yeah. 20 minutes ago, you promised a salty story. Uh, yeah, sorry. Is it, from, is it from a comedian who uh, did a gig with me in Glasgow? <laughs> okay. Dear Rob and Josh, my husband and I are locked down in Dorset with nine-year-old boy slash girl twins. They've only been to school for three months in the last year. She hasn't said why. I don't know if it's lockdown or they've just been excluded. We can only wonder. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
One of them headbutted a teacher. Anyway, I love the show. I can't wait for each new episode. It really brightens my week to the point that I realise it's a podcast day. I do a mini fist pump. Oh, yes. Anya, this is from, uh, she grab her name, um, Bridget Doolan. She's got broadband, did a mini fist pump. <laughs> Dorset, that's that's new. <laughs> Only got it this week. Uh, no t- <laughs> God. It's hard to do a mini fist pump on 56k. I noticed in today's episode, you mentioned that there had been no emails about Salty Josh. Oh, no. Whilst Josh was not salty on this occasion, we enjoyed seeing what he got up to on his days off. In about 2013-14, when Josh still had a fun life, we were standing in the crowd of the Pyramid Field at Glastonbury watching a band of 2013-2014. That is peak Widdicombe. No kids. Single then? Or was you with Rose? Uh, I was with Rose. With Rose. She would have been there. Yep. Early um, days with Rose. Last leg would have been going on. You would have just point. started last leg. You would have started doing your tour. You're becoming a bit of a big deal. Full-time comedian, not worrying about paying the bills anymore. Tell you what, spending like you don't think is ever going to oh, dry up. Spending like it's gone out of fashion. He's on 600 quid a week. He's gone mental. You get 200 quid cash from a gig and you'd feel like oh. you were... A fucking god! I remember the first sixty pounds I ever earned from comedy given to me at a gig in Peterborough that was in a pub that was still functioning as a normal pub, and I just shouted into the abyss. But I got paid sixty quid in a little brown envelope, and I absolutely loved it. Oh, those brown envelopes! Oh, you could cash in hand, no tax. Those that no, I'm joking, I'd always pay my tax. <laughs> always, or I spend it on a bike. Always paid my tax. Always, I did actually. Right. Um, yeah, it was almost too. like a um, coming from my background. It was almost like a uh, sort of rebellion to pay it. All. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Uh, anyway, so um, he was with Josh was with a group of mates. One of his friends got onto the shoulders of another guy in the group. Tom Parry, that would have been. Yeah, so someone's on Tom Parry. We don't know who that is. Tom Parry loves... He's going to come on the podcast soon as well. We've recorded his episode. Anyway, so someone's on Tom Parry's shoulders. To our amusement, the gape of his jeans exposed quite a lot of his ass crack, which was now eye level of at least 100 people behind him. <laughs> this was quite funny in itself. Do you remember this, Josh? No, because I would have been in the group, wouldn't I? Yeah. So I probably wouldn't have no, seen no, you, it. No, you could see it because Josh took it to the next level... By picking up his can of cider and pouring it down the guy's crack. Oh, absolute bants. <laughs> no memory of that, but I absolutely applaud those actions. The poor man was helpless to defend himself as he was wobbling around on his friend's shoulders, clinging on for dear life. We found it hell because Tom Parry, once you're up, you're up. You don't even want to go up. Tom Parry will put you up and keep you there, yeah. even if you don't want it. You'd be shirts off. That's his first yeah. thing. Oh. And then up. So the poor man was helpless. We found it hilarious and it really added to our to our day. I'd forgotten all about it until recently when I introduced my husband to the podcast. And it reminded me of the event. That that is classic with you. People don't know this about you, Josh, because you come across now as a little bit of a stiff neck, worried about this, worried about your kids. You know, you've got to do this, got to do that. But you, you were a bit of a boy on the circuit. Not not, not with like women, but drinking. Damn, Rob. You were known Still as a boozer. Out. Oh, yeah, with drinking. The drinking. You were the boy. You was always in the bar last. I mean... I loved it. Att- loved it. I would say not because you was a heavy, could handle your drink guy. No, it certainly wasn't that. You were such a lightweight that you would be off your bonce after about three pints, be sick, and then start again. You were... You operated at a fun three pint maximum at any point because exactly. you got you'd be sick again and you'd go again. You like the Energizer it, Bunny. It was a it was a reboot. No it one was could keep up with you. No one could keep up with you. You just keep regenerating after you were sick. 
I was like one of those people. I, I'm sure you've got a boxing analogy here, Rob. Yeah. But I was like a fighter where in round two you thought they were gone, yep. but they were still there in round twelve. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> He's been on the canvas four times, and, and no chance of winning. You'd never be no anyone drinking, but you were all, you'd always be there. And they were just this big, scary box of people looking at you going, how is this fucker still standing up? He's still going. <laughs> I've seen you be sick, sick stood up so many times, oh, and it's just oh a dear, remarkable, yeah. remarkable. Do you know what? Do you know what? Those were the days, my friend. But you've stopped now. You've that, everyone has that period when they're young, don't they? Yeah, but occasionally, once every six months, yeah. I'll revisit that, that person that I've left behind. <laughs> I think... So I was talking to my friend about this. So he's got an 18-month-old. And he was like, so he's probably, what am I, 37? And what are you, 34? I'm 35. 35. So he's probably around our age, right? Yeah. And he was like, I think I've got, he said, I think I've got five more years of like being able to go out and do stuff. And then I'm going to kind of just ease off and I'll be middle-aged. And I thought, I've got the opposite approach to this bloke. Yeah. I think... I'm just locking down now. Yeah. This is this is the middle period. But when I hit 42, 43, and my children are five and seven, yeah. I'm back, baby. I, I couldn't agree more. We're in the eye of the storm. Yeah. The worst is yet to come. And I'm and I'm now is about fitness, eating better, losing yeah. a bit of weight, so that when I get to I'm gonna peak like Barlow at 40, I'm gonna be ripped, have a six pack. So if I go mental for six years, I'll just get back to the fat version of me at 33. Uh, mate, I cannot tell you enough. This is just the plateau, but I'm gonna be back. Josh, do you know, don't worry. Do you know what we should I'm gonna be pouring can I'm gonna be pouring cans of <laughs> Cider down arse right and centre. Yeah. Do you know what we should do, Josh? We should do one of the men fitness covers. You know when they take over your life for six months and get you oh, absolutely yeah. ripped? Yeah. And then we can just be, we can do like the DILF special. Yeah. And we'll just totally at for 40, me and you, six packs, front cover of men's fitness. I think that's the dream. Totally. And then at 44, I am going to be looking like you in the Guardian article, Rob. <laughs> yeah, and then absolutely rip the arse out of it and fall apart. But what a five years. And I want people to say to me at 40, Josh, it's such a shame. Rob's so fit now, he's not funny anymore. <laughs> <laughs> That's the dream. That is the dream. Do you think, I'd like to hear people's views on this. What we're doing, is this a realistic Yes, because there'll be people we... ahead of us now on that curve. Yeah, when we got children that are 10 and 8, are we back, baby? Well, I, I sort of think, mate, for me, it's between like 40 to 45 or maybe 40, like when they're a bit like, I think when they're more teenagers and you can drink with them. Yeah. I think you're going in early. I'm looking at 45. It's when, yes. when they'll be like 15, 13, around that age. So 45 to 50. So I'm, I'm going to just sort of get ripped now for the next 10 years. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Rob. <laughs> and then 45, I'm just going to go mental. Or hold you to that. <laughs> I, I, I'm confident the second part of that sentence. <laughs> At 45, I'll go mental, but for the next 10 years, I'm just going to be ripped as a throwaway <laughs> comment. <laughs> Shall I do another email, Rob? Yeah, let's have an email, Josh. Okay. Lucy Riley. Hi, Rob and Josh. I'm a huge fan of the podcast. I'm homeschooling twins, and it keeps me entertained in the darkest hours. Re having a baby during an important sporting event. I thought I'd share my labour experience from June... 2010. Oh. I should just say, by the way, what we watched uh, during uh, the uh, birth of my daughter, 
What did you watch? Your wife's vagina is normally what you're watching, isn't it? Yeah, I know. They shouldn't have televised it, right? <laughs> um, we were waiting because um, it was induced because we were 11 days overdue. Yeah. And um, about 9pm, I was watching Ivo Graham on Live at the Apollo. Well, just on the telly in the room? It's just on the telly in the room. Oh, that's a bit weird, isn't it? It's weird that I will always associate watching Ivo have a very amusing set, but it, I wasn't really in the mood. No, no, I mean, yeah, I don't think you was really watching. I think it was just on and you were there. Yeah, but he'll always be there. He'll always, He'll always be, there. be there in your mind. Right, let me take you back to that painful day, in many respects, <laughs> that Germany tore down the England defence, as described by the BBC, to knock us out of the World Cup. All, this is Lucy talking, not me. Um, also, the day my waters went. Two months early. Oh. No real story to tell, other than the fact that my husband and the midwife, Becky, watched the whole game and were so hooked on the screen above my bed they didn't even notice when I vomited all over the floor as my second waters went. <laughs> Why am I laughing? That's so horrible. The midwife merely glanced over and said, oh, there's your second one's gone then, <laughs> before returning her attention to the match. Oh, my. That's the problem, isn't it? They've seen it all before. Being sick on a floor is for us is like, oh, my God, but that is just a Tuesday for a nurse. Well, it used to be for me in my, in my glory days, Rob. <laughs> Back in 2013. Back in 2013. There's the second vine has gone. <laughs> All jokes aside, after 26-hour labour and C-section. Oh, my God. It was all worth it when we, in quotation marks, got to meet, close quotation marks, <laughs> our babies. And what a meeting it is. Yeah, what a meeting it is. I think we've discussed this before, and that's what our reference is to. I think we should make this a political campaign that that should be banned. What's that? Meeting when you meet your Me- Yeah. I can't wait to meet them, oh. should be. If we ever do any merch, we need to do something around. Or or where, or where they go, oh, they just looked like an Archie, whatever the name is. Ah, uh, yeah, like absolute. Absolute fucking drivel. They look like nothing. They look like nothing. Not, nothing yeah. else looks like a newborn baby. They don't look no. like a person. Just accept it. It's yeah. just another kid. Anyway, I can't wait for May. <laughs> just another kid in a busy world. Congratulations. <laughs> They're just 18 years away from being in your way on the train, a baby, aren't they? Exactly. Here's your kid. You'll be able to go on the lash in 12 years. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Good luck. Ripped yeah. for 10 years. Get on it at 45. Good luck with that, Because most, most, most dads with young kids are ripped, aren't they? That's how it works. Exactly, yeah. exactly. I'm going to say it. When you have a baby and you're tired, you eat so well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Whenever I watch Ninja Warrior, they've always just done a night feed and off they go. <laughs> Climbing up the wall. <laughs> Um, right, Josh, um, we should probably call it a day there and do some more correspondence on Friday. Look forward to it. Cheers. Bye. Bye.